Welcome to Word Mission Church International Podcast. Now the Word with Paul Mensa Wood. We have been studying the book of James and we looked at, and if you missed the previous lessons, you can catch up on those lessons. We look at James chapter 1 and towards the end, he, in the last week, we looked at James chapter 1 and then last week we talked about faith and prejudice and then faith. And then towards the end in the book of James chapter 1, he starts talking about the tongue in James chapter 1 verse 26. He says, if any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is vain. This man's religion is vain. And the word bridle uh, refers to to hold in check, to restrain, or to control. And you see, anybody that can hold their tongue in check or control their tongue and not let just say anything is a person with great power. So when he gets to chapter 3, and we will read the verses as we go along, he starts also talking about, he comes back to the subject of the tongue. And you have to remember that these people were Christians that were facing tremendous pressure. And so when he gets to chapter 3 and begins, he begins to talk about the tongue as well. He says in chapter 3 verse 1, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If anyone not offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Then he says, Behold, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body, but also the sifts through which they do they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet they are turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listed. So the tongue is a very, very important part of the body. And you see, where you are today is as a result of the words that you spoke. Um, we are talking about right thinking, right living. So what you think affects what you believe, and then in turn, it affects what you speak. And that's what shows up in your life. So where you are today is as a result of what you thought in the past, what you believed in the past, and the words that you spoke. And that's what becomes the driving force of your life. And sometimes it seems like it's easy, or it might just be easy not to say anything. Uh, but we live in this world, we can't just live in this world without, without saying anything. <laughs> it's sort of like this person that was um, in a convent and they had a rule of silence that when you are in that place when you're going through the hallways uh, and certain places you just have to keep quiet and so he had been there for a very long time and after five years of observing this rule of silence they said now you can break this for this fifth anniversary you can break this rule of silence and say whatever you want then the words that came out of his mouth is that um, the words that came out of his mouth, he, he said that, my bed is lumpy. Those were the words that he chose. <laughs> it's, too, it's too lumpy. 
Then he, did, he continued observing the, that rule of silence. And at the end of 10 years, 10 years anniversary, now you can say anything you want. He said, um, my bed is lumpy and my food is cold. Then this went on. After 15 years, they gave him another opportunity to say something. Break this rule of silence. He says, my bed is lumpy, my food is cold, and I'm going home. <laughs> and the mother superior in the convent responded to him and said, well, good. It's good that you are going home because the whole time that you have been here, all that you've done is just to complain. <laughs> and the primary use of words is really not called communication. When God created in the beginning, he created with words. And we create our world through the words that we speak. So when you are under pressure, we discovered that when we were talking about right thinking and right, right living, in James chapter 1, he said that be slow, be quick to hear. Let's look at it again. James chapter 1, he, 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 James chapter 1, Verse 19, he says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. For the wrath of God does not produce the righteousness of God. Swift to hear, slow to speak. So the words that come out of our mouth in any circumstance, especially where we are under pressure, when you are going through a test and a trial goes a long way. And I pray in the name of Jesus, may God help us to choose the right words in Jesus' name. Amen. There are several ways where, where, and several areas of our lives where we use words negatively. Let's look at some examples. Number one is gossip. And gossip travels very, very, very fast. So if anybody comes to you and say, have you heard such and such? Uh, you have to check the, the validity. And then two, wrong use of the tongue is slander, which is um, deliberate character assassination. And that word slander comes from the word diabolos, which has to do with the enemy. And if you notice in Revelation chapter, chapter 12, Revelation chapter 12, he says, from verse 9, he says, So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. The accuser of our brethren who, cast them, who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. So, that's the description of the devil. And what he tries to do, sometimes even in marriages, he tries to accuse the husband against the wife or the wife against the, the husband. In the workplace, he tries to do the same thing. It's an accusation 
that goes on. And this character assassination can even cause tension in the workplace. It is said that the tongue, which is three inches long, can kill a six-feet man. The wrong words spoken in the home can cause uh, children to be successful at school or not successful. That's with the, even with the school year starting. It can cause a husband leaving home to go out with strength to face the day, or he can go with his chest lowered down. The wrong words. In, in the book of Luke, notice this. In the book of Luke, when the angel appeared to Zechariah and came to him and said, I mean, he and Elizabeth, Elizabeth was not giving birth. When the angel came and spoke to Zechariah, Zechariah said, no way, this thing is not going to happen. And because God knows the power of words, he said, Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I am old and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the days these things take place because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled in their own time. So this mighty man of God goes to say, zip, not happening. Any negative word that you speak can stop this process. So you keep quiet. We'll see you when the baby gets born. You speak when the baby gets born. And you notice that he did, he did not say anything. He was not permitted to say anything after the baby was born. I pray in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. May the words of your mouth bring edification in Jesus' name. Amen. You see, once the words go, go out, you can't take it back. If you take a goose feather and you put it in, 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 um, you put it in the hallway on different doors, you can go and take it back. And Sometimes you can repent, but you cannot take the words back. You cannot easily take the words back. So I pray in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, may slander not cause issues for us in our relationship and may it not cause issues for us at the workplace. In Jesus' name, amen. Three is quarreling. Quarreling is huge. It's a huge one. Um, I mean, sometimes... Um, again, in a marriage situation, in a relationship, or even in the workplace, just, just one word spoken can set off back and forth, and it causes confusion and all the strife in the home or in the workplace. And then four, cursing, taking God's name in vain. It's the opposite of blessing. Or to speak well of someone. He talks about the fact that out of the same mouth come blessing and cursing. And using God's name in vain. I know something, something that happens in the, in the culture uh, a lot. Just take God's name and use God's name to curse. It's so, God's name is so sacred. And the name of Jesus is, has been given to us. That name is above every name. At the mention of the name of Jesus, every knee bows of beings in heaven, of beings on earth, and underneath the earth. And God's name is so sacred, I pray that we will use his name, we will bless his name, 
and we use his name rightly and not wrongly in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And then five, fully speaking or unproductive words, meaningless rattle and dribble. In Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 4, he says, Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor cause jesting which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. Giving of thanks. Again, bear in mind that the main use of words the main purpose of words given by God is for creation for us to create and so he says that every idle word every inoperative word that we speak he says that we'll give account of it in the day of judgment so in Matthew chapter 12 notice this verse 33 he says either make the tree good and its fruit good or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil, mouth out of, evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you, for every idle word man may speak... They will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified and by your words you will be condemned. Every idle word, every inoperative word. They will give account of it in the day of judgment. So before the words come out of our mouth. I pray in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus that the words coming out of our mouth will create and it will not be to destroy others in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Titus 1.11, he says, Titus 1.11, he says, Whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole households, teaching things which they ought not for the sake of dishonest gain. Whose mouths must be stopped. So these people were using their mouth, going about, speaking words that were not profitable, leading whole households astray. I pray in the name of Jesus, may your words not lead others astray in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. May your words not lead others astray in the name of Jesus. May your words lead others to the Lord in the name of of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And then six, he already talks about filthiness. That, that, that has to do with something that is so terrible. But by God's grace, God will help us and we use the right words in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And then seven, which is part of the, the Ten Commandments that he gives to the children of Israel. Exodus 20 verse 16, he says, this is lying. He says, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. The unguided word can hurt. Or the right words can heal. And lying is a big deal with God because 
Lying is, an, is the nature of the devil. He says in John chapter 8, John chapter 8, verse 44, he says, You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources for he's a liar and the father of it. He's a liar and the father of it. He speaks from his own resources. And that's one of the reasons why God, God hates it so much because it reminds him of the devil. And for me, um, one of the things my, 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 my dad did was, he said, I'd rather you tell the truth and you not get the spanking than lie. And if you lied, it was a big deal with him. And one time, my brother and I, I, I don't remember clearly what was going on, but my father kept asking, did you do it? Between my brother and I, did you do it? Did you do it? And he wasn't getting what he, was, he wanted. So you give us a spanking and you go back, you say, you discuss it among yourself and figure out who, who did this particular thing. And still, the truth wasn't coming out. And went on for hours. I mean, he didn't spank us the whole time. We just went back and forth for hours into the night. And later on, my brother confessed and said he was the one that did it. And oh my, I was so upset. I was like, what? This whole time. We've just got the spunk, at least I have got the spunking for nothing just because you didn't tell the truth. <laughs> and that delivered me from lying from that day forward. <laughs> it got out of my system. <laughs> and that was, that was the last day. One time a group of boys were, found a stray dog. And when they found a stray dog, um, they said, um, whoever can tell the biggest lie uh, gets the dog. So they kept going back and forth. And then an elderly person came by and said, why, why are you kids practicing lying like this? I mean, what, what is the deal here? All these lies. <laughs> <laughs> and they said, oh, um, it's, because, it's because of the dog. And the elderly person said, in my day, lies like this were not, I mean, it was unheard of. <laughs> For lies like this to be told. The boy said, let's give the, the dog to the elderly person because he, <laughs> he just told the biggest lie of the day. <laughs> but you see, if we find a person out of control in their language, we find a person out of control in their life. So growing in maturity starts with the words of our Martin. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 20. Now let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers it may impart grace to the hearers it may impart grace to the hearers let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth but that which is good for edification that it may impart grace I pray in the name of Jesus May the words of your mouth impart grace in Jesus' name. In Ephesians 4.25, he says this. He's writing to spirit-filled Christians. And he says to them, Therefore, put away lying. Let each one of you speak truth with his neighbors. 
his neighbor, for we are members of one another. People who are filled with the Holy Spirit, he's still telling them and encouraging them that put this away from you. Oh, how many problems in the church, in the home, in the workplace. And you see, sometimes people lie because of the pressure. Sometimes it's fear motivated. If I tell the truth, what are going to be the repercussions? And fear is the, and, and you see, fear is also the nature of the devil. So fear is most of the time what causes people to lie and not tell the truth. If I tell the truth, will I have to pay the money back? Will I have to make the money, will I have to pay the money back? Will I have to make it right? And so out of the fear of that, instead of telling the truth, I'm going to lie. Will I have to do this? Will I have to go back there and retrace my steps and fix all this? It's, a, it's too much for me to do. And so instead of that, I'm just going to lie. It's all based on fear. May you be delivered from fear and from lying in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. That's the power of, of words. And during the Great Depression, President Roosevelt made this statement. He said, he, said, he said this. He says, there is nothing to fear but fear itself. There is nothing to fear but fear itself. Fear, think about it, it, started with, it starts with most of the time with words. There is nothing to fear but fear itself. Winston Churchill in, in, in the Great Britain said, We shall fight in the beaches. We are going to win this war. With words. The tell illustration that he uses is a fire and a forest. A fire and forest. He says, even so, James 3, 5, even so the tongue is a little member and boasts. Great things. See how great a forest, a little fire, candles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and it's set on fire by hell. And there's a similarity here. Both can damage at a distance, the tongue and the fire. They can both damage at a distance. The tongue reaches into the very domain of our existence. And, and someone said there are three things that once that don't come back. The spent arrow, one, the lost opportunity, and then the spoken word. Once it comes out, you're going to take it back. I pray in the name of Jesus. May God help us. Amen. I said may God help us. Amen. Then four. He uses the illustration. Of taming wild beasts. Verse seven. For every kind of beast. And bed of reptile and creature of the sea. Is tamed. And has been tamed. By mankind. So he says beast. Bed. Reptile, creature of the sea, is tamed 
and has been tamed animals by the tongue can no man tame only God can help us tame the tongue there's a good illustration of this in Isaiah chapter 6 Isaiah chapter 6 notice verse 6 Isaiah had a revelation and God is calling him and he responds and he says then one of the seraphim flew to me having in his hand a live coal which he had taken with the tongues from the altar and he touched my mouth and said with it and said behold this has touched your lips your iniquity is taken away and your sin perished God is sending him and he realizes that he is going to be speaking the word of God his mouth his tongue must be touched by fire his tongue tongue must 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 be sanctified and set apart for God he wants to categorize the speech of any wrong speech so that God can completely take that tongue and use it for his glory. So that out of his tongue will come words that will edify. Out of his tongue will come the word of God that would awaken the nation back. That would awaken people back. Out of that tongue came even prophecies about the, the, the dead, the crucifixion and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. But before that assignment, need to touch your mouth with fire from the altar so that your mouth can be used for God's glory I pray in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus may God take the words of our mouth and use it for his glory in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, he says that the words of our mouth should minister grace to the hearers. Ephesians 4.29 Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for necessary edification? May God light a coal of fire on our mouth and cleanse out any words that are not for edification. And may he take our mouth, our tongues, and use it for his glory. May through our tongue, may many people come to the saving knowledge of the Lord. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, may it minister grace to the hearers. Every time words come out of our mouth, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let no corrupt word come out of our mouth. Oh, may God help us to tame our tongue. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Five, he uses the illustration of sweet and bitter water. Sweet and bitter water. Oh my God. 
He says, Thank you, Lord. He says, With the mouth we bless our, our, our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made, verse 9, in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing, my brethren. These things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? That he was writing to, 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 to Jewish Christians and, and they, under, they, under, they understood it because they had the, 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 the Shamona, 18 prayers, that they would pray as they entered the temple of the Lord. And so it was, they, were, they were used to it, blessing God with their mouth and connecting it with their worship. So he's saying that as we go into God's presence, we bless God, we eulogize God, see all the nice things about Him, and the same mount that sends forth sweet waters, now it's sending forth bitter waters. How can this thing be? So he's saying, you can't speak well of God and ill of the people who are around you. There cannot be a dichotomy of what you are saying to God and what you are saying when you are with other people. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, uh, if you've ever read um, Pilgrim's Progress. Um, John Bunyan, he talks about the talkative. And he describes him this way, that he's a saint abroad and a devil at home. <laughs> And if, you, if you've read it, he just kept, you've watched the movie, he just kept, keeps going on and on and on and on. I pray, may we only send out sweet waters in Jesus' name. Amen. And six, he talks about the vine. He uses the illustration of the vine and the fig tree. Can I, verse 12, can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grape vine bear figs? Thus, no spring yields both salt, water, and fresh. And Jesus uses the illustration of the fig tree. I mean, Jesus, we know Jesus spoke back to the fig tree. So he's saying that, look, a fig tree cannot bear olives, a different kind of fruit, or bear, or the grapevine, bear figs. And really, uh, it was a serious thing with Jesus with that with that fig tree in Mark chapter eleven because it was not bare. I mean, it was supposed to. The leaves were ripe, and in those times, the leaf, the, the figs that maintained their leaves, also maintained their fruit. He's looking for fruit from that tree. He doesn't find anything, and he said, "No man eats fruit from you forever." But you see, what is in the root? What is in the heart, we just read that in Matthew, what is at the root is what manifests as the fruit. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what do you keep putting into the heart on the, in the day of test or trial, that's what comes out. It won't be any different. We, 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 we put it this way, garbage in, garbage out. Good in, good comes out. <laughs> if it's not there, it's not going to come out. So the thing is, to be conscious of what we are putting into our hearts. If the word of God is in there, 
That's what's going to come out. I pray may we be full of God's word in the day of test and trial. When you go through the test or the trial, when you miss the nail and the hammer hits your hand, you say, oh, thank God, what a good feeling I have that the hammer is hit my hand. I missed it. And it hit my hand. No, but what we are saying is when the pressure comes on, what is really, really inside, that's what's going to come out. <laughs> you will curse or you will bless God. <laughs> so, how do we take control if we are having problems in this area? The first thing is to pray a prayer of deliverance. And you see, sometimes it's not necessarily a deliverance from the devil. Sometimes the devil can be behind the words. But really, it's a prayer for God to help us discipline the tongue. And in Galatians chapter 5, you realize that when he talks about the works of the flesh, uh, he, and for, for us to come out of it, really, he doesn't blame it on the devil. He, he channels it and comes back to us and says, there must be the disciplining of the flesh. The tongue wants to get out of control, and not only that, other parts of the flesh want to get out of control, but that prayer of deliverance, it demands discipline. We should ask God and say, oh God, Empower me. Help me. So God may be calling us to greater discipline in our speech. So the steps to discipline the tongue, one, is honest prayer. It's honest, sincere prayer. Lord, I have, I have a mean, nasty tone of voice. Please, a critical tone of voice. Lord, please help me. This prayer that the psalmist prayed is a good one. Psalm 141. Psalm 141, verse 3. He says, Set a guard over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Set a guard over, O oh Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Imagine uh, the guards at the Buckingham Palace or any secure facility, the White House or any presidential palace in the world. They are there to protect the palace. So Lord, before it comes out of my mouth, set a guard over my mouth. Keep the watch over the doors of my lips. Psalm 19 verse 14. He says, notice this. Let the words, oh my God, of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. That's a good prayer as well. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Lord, this thing that is going to come out of my mouth, is it acceptable? Lord, I want my words to be acceptable. I notice he adds, oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. He's going to help you 
with the words of your mouth. Receive that help in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. And then two, steps to discipline the tongue. Confess to God and others if needed. Confess to God and others if needed. First John 1 John 1.9 is, is a good verse along those lines. Not only, not only covers the tongue, but other areas of our lives. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Self-examination. Lord, if I'm wrong, please forgive me. And to others, sometimes you may need to go to the next person and say, I apologize. Those were not the right words. And then three, we get rid of something, but we must replace it with something else. A lifestyle of praise and thanksgiving. Or fill our language with a good. A lifestyle of praise and thanksgiving. A lifestyle of praise and thanksgiving. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3 verse 15. He says. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. To which also you were called in one body. And be thankful. Be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Teaching and admonishing one another. In psalms and hymns and spiritual song, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. A lifestyle of praise and thankful. Be thankful. If you are thankful, it gets rid of the memory. No matter what is going on, you are in a better shape than somebody else. Amen. And then four steps to discipline the tongue. Speak to build and encourage. And here, you see, it doesn't take away the need for correction. Um, but let your emphasis, seek to always build and encourage. Let your emphasis be on the creative and constructive above the critical and the corrective. I'll repeat it again. Let your emphasis be on the creative and the constructive than the critical and the corrective. I mean, it doesn't do away with the need for correction. But the creative should be, and the constructive should be above, above that. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Ephesians 4, 29. He says, let no, just read it, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that he may impart grace to the hearers. That's a poem by Bed Day, and she puts it this way. It says, if you are tempted to reveal a tale someone has revealed to you about another person before you speak it make it past these three gates of gold and the first is is it true the second is is it needful the third is is it kind and if these gates if it reaches your lips through these gates then you may tell the tale and no fear what the results are. But run it through. Is it true? Is it needful? Is it kind? Is it going to minister grace to the hearer? These verses will help us as well as we wrap up. Psalm, 13, Psalm 34. 
concerning the words of our mouth. Psalm 34, verse 12 to 14, he says, Who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Want to see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and ensue it. First Peter chapter 3 is repeated in the New Testament as well. Verse 9, not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. For he who will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace. And pursue it. Psalm 13. Proverbs 13. Verse 3. He says. He who guards his mouth. Preserves his life. And he who opens his mouth. Opens wide his lips. Shall have destruction. And in Proverbs 21. Proverbs 21. Mark these verses. Don't let them get away from you. Verse 23, he says, Who guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. It includes health troubles. You can keep cancer away from you with the words of your mouth. Sickness. Don't talk sickness. Don't talk disease. Don't talk poverty. Don't talk lack. Talk the blessing of God, the goodness of God. He who guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. Your soul will be kept from troubles in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Death, life, small fire lit by the tongue can result in death. Or it can result in life. You will walk in life in Jesus' name. Psalm 141, verse 3. Psalm 141. Verse 3, he says, Set a guard over my mouth. Keep the watch over the door of my lips. And then John 14. John 14, verse 30. Thank you, Lord. Jesus said, I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me. There is no word of mine that he can stand on to persecute me, really. The word that, I mean, the devil is a prosecutor. He uses the words of our mouth to prosecute us, to accuse us. I pray in the name of Jesus. God is molding us. And sometimes, uh, Corrie Ten Boom put it this way, he was she was embroidering something, and the beautiful the upper part looks so beautiful. The other part, under part of, of the embroidery it looked like it was not so good. And so sometimes those are the parts that we see. But God is molding us into what he wants us to be. And he sees it from the bigger picture. And I pray we'll cooperate with him. And as we speak words in line with his word. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. As we speak those words, may we see light. In the life of Zachariah and Elizabeth, um, when, when the angel appeared to Zachariah, 
uh, he didn't believe the word of God. So uh, God said, this man, we, we must do something about it. If you keep speaking the way he's speaking, it's not going to help. So God said, okay, you, you let, keep quiet for the duration of this whole thing. So you could not speak any word until the baby was born. Because the authority, there's authority and power in the mouth. And it affects his, the relationship with the wife and even the people around him. The same thing for us. The words coming out of our mouth affects the relationships around us. So, but you don't live in a convent or a monastery <laughs> like the, the, the person we started in the beginning. You must speak words. But when the words come out, may it minister grace. In Jesus' name, let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank God for his word. In the name of Jesus, for all these verses to be dedicated to the words of our mouth means that it matters, and it plays and goes along. It, it plays. It goes a long way in our lives. Hateful words, unproductive words. Thank you, Lord. And say, Lord, help us to tame the tongue. Help us to bridle the tongue. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, Mark eleven twenty three says, Whoever shall say to this mountain. Be thou removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in their heart but shall believe that those words, those things which they say shall come to pass, they shall have whatever they say. Let's pray and talk to the Lord and say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, help me to get of those non-negative, help, help me to get rid of the negative, non-productive words. And in the name of Jesus, and whatever you want to see in your life, in accordance with the word of God, you are the prophet of your life. The words that you speak will show up in your life. Lord, help me to get rid of the negative and replace it with the positive. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. The words that are not producing, help me to replace them with words that produce. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, talk to the Lord. Whatever you want to see in your life in this season, whatever, however you want, to, the greater commitment that you want to go with the Lord, any area of your life where you desire change, begin to speak words in line with that area. And as you do in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, oh, may you see life. Talk to the Lord a few minutes in the name of the Lord Jesus. We trust this podcast was a blessing. Subscribe for more messages like these. If you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, we would love to hear from you. Email us at info at wordmissionchurchinternational.org. We will love to equip you in daily walk, so sign up for devotionals and encouragement at www.wordmissionchurchinternational.org. You may reach us at 719-235-5535. 